welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast where we explore simple living and high thinking. Each week, we join Vivek Gupta as he offers insights on bringing the divine into the daily. Over the last decade, Vivekji has shared his observations on the signs of independent joy with communities across North America and beyond. The thoughts are directed and are focused on a divine name and sound. What's next? In this episode of the Meditation and Life series, Vivekji explains how we can invoke clarity and ignite our inner seeker by chanting one specific mantra, the Gayatri Mantra. Let's learn about its meaning and how we can connect to this impactful mantra. described as being in Turiya Swapna. Turiya we've explored means the fourth. It is that which is beyond the waking, the dreaming, the sleeping. It's beyond change. So why Swapna? An enlightened being lives in the world like we do, where there's pleasure and possession and position. But all that they see or experience is like a shadow. It's a shadow in the sense that you never try to hold on to a shadow. You have no expectations with the shadow. You have no fight with a shadow. That's how they live with all. Turiya Swapna is to be inebriated. Inebriated in joy. If you think of someone who's drunk or high, they're inebriated, they're unaware of safety, etiquette, purpose. For someone who's inebriated in joy, they're unaware of gossip and rumors and judgment. Sounds awesome, no? Another way to describe an enlightened being is Bhava Mukha. Bhava Mukha is someone who's experienced Nirvikalpa Samadhi. The thought, Aham Brahmasmi, I am infinite, is no longer a thought. Since that's not a thought, they're experiencing, that's their, they're confirming they are infinite. Now when they're living amongst us, it's as if there's savikalpa samadhi, which means, which means that they will still serve humanity. Even though they feel that oneness, they will still love us, they will still support us. And one more way to describe an enlightened being is adhikarika purusha. Adhikarika purusha which means they're an instrument of God. Whatever Ishwara needs them to be, they are that being. They do not run on 87 octane. They do not run on hemp hearts. They do not run on sleep. They run on divine energy and enthusiasm. 
Sri Ramakrishna describes such beings as pakami. Pakami is like pakka. Um, pakka means ripe, correct? All of our Hindi speakers. So pakami is someone whose ego is ripe. That ripe ego means the ego knows that it's the spirit, but it's as if it has an ego, as if. And that's how they're able to interact with us. Why I'm describing these various ways of seeing, feeling, an enlightened being, this is the purpose of our course also. The purpose of our course is not for you to go become a meditation instructor. The purpose of this course is not for you to put a certificate on your wall that I read meditation in life and so on and so forth. It is for you to be enlightened. This is the purpose of our life. And it's lovely that we have an opportunity where a course and our life are in sync with each other. Now to have these descriptions be ours, we need to do anything and everything it takes to be enlightened. Anything and everything. Our text, Meditation and Life, the first 12 chapters are guiding us to make our lifestyles more sattvic. More sattvic. You're already sattvic. You wouldn't be connecting to me right now if you weren't. Happy with a little bit of praise. Now can I end that and come down? <laughs> our lifestyle should be sat. It should be like sat, which means it's steady, it's deep, joyous. The 13th chapter guided us to prepare for meditation, focusing on our space, seat, sanctum. Space is CSI, seat is wide, comfortable, firm. Our sanctum is CSI also. Chapter 14 was guiding us to shift our thinking from the functional to the fundamental. To let go of whatever happened before 8 p.m. and to focus on our life. Who am I? Am I happy? What did I do today? What is the purpose of tomorrow? Function. So that the intellect is not instructing, the intellect is inquiring. Chapter 15, we are introduced to three R's. Our thoughts have to be raised. When they're raised, where will they go? They will be reduced. When they're reduced, where will they go? They will be redirected. Raise, reduce, redirect. Chapter 16 guided us to repetition. One of the English translations of japa is repetition. Repetition is a methodology to reprogram our minds. Make sure those words are connected. Repetition, reprogramming. We learn through repetition. Habits are formed through repetition. Japa is a sacred repetition, a meaningful repetition. And finally, chapter 17 
which we had just <clears throat> heard about, guided us to OM. So some thoughts on OM. Our minds are all over the place. And Japa is a form of bringing that mana to Madhyama, from all over the place to this place. The mind needs a finite entity, needs a finite hold to be able to jump or leap to the infinite. So please think about this in a psychological way. You can't hold on to something that you don't understand. Yes? You can never be close to someone whom you don't understand. You don't understand their intention. Our minds are finite. They need a form. They need a name. We're learning that we're infinite, that we're beyond non-existence. We're beyond vigilance, that our nature is awareness. How? How can the mind, which can only use variables, can only use that which is measured, ever reach, hold on to that which is infinite, which is beyond measure? The infinite needs a sign, and that sign is Om. It's as if the infinite has assumed a form, that's this symbol, has assumed a name, Om, which the mind can then hold on to. And there's a lot of depth to Om. Once the mind can hold on to that Om, that momentum itself will take us to infinity. Okay? Sadhana is a form of building momentum, which is why when you engage in sadhana every day, there's a cumulative effect. If your sadhana is broken, you have to work harder each day you start because that momentum is not there. Om is as if creation. And when you look deeply in creation, what are you to recognize? What are you to feel? The creator. So Om is a really lovely form of creation that helps us to tune into the creator. No different than for those who come on yatras. Do you not feel the presence of the creator more when you're in Rishikesh? When you're in Siddhabari? Yes. It's a lovely form of creation. All of creation is lovely, but it's a training ground for me to feel the creator. Okay? One more very deep thought about Om. We keep referencing that Om is the beginning, the ending. Om is the waking, the sleeping. In our Upanishads, there's a logical statement which shares, if an entity is not there in the beginning, and an entity is not there in the end, and that also means the entity is not there in the middle, is not there in the middle. Not in the beginning, not in the end, so not in the middle. If we take our lives, our physical lives, our worldly lives, we're not there in the beginning. And then we're not there at the end either. On death, what happens? And the implication of this is our physical worldly lives are not there in the middle either. 
we feel that we are separate from creation when we are one with creation, we are one with the creator. Om teaches us that beyond the beginning and the ending and the middle is that which is changeless. Recently, someone had asked me a question, how do you address attachment in family? And my response was to appreciate change. The more you know about change, the less logical, less practical it is to be attached. And Sri Ramakrishna goes to the extent of those who know this message, what will you renounce? You are now one with all. You can only renounce what you're not, correct? But if you know all of this is relative, which means you know you're absolute, what is there to renounce then? These are very deep thoughts. And if you simply write them for now and reflect on them all week, all month, you will be inspired by these thoughts. We're about to complete Japa Masa. We're now in chapter 18, which is the Gayatri Mantra. And before I share thoughts on this, I know all of you read chapter 18. Yes, this is where you look down on your, at your books as if you're rereading your notes. How many of you have never heard of the Gayatri Mantra by a show of hands? This is just a foreign language that I'm talking right, about right now. <laughs> Vivekji, everything for the last year and a half is in a foreign language. We know you're speaking English, but it feels foreign to us. Okay, so I did see one hand. Cool. Okay, let's rewind. When you're approximately six years old, say six to 12, you are to go to the Gurukula. Now we're in a Gurukula, but we're 60, 65, 70 years old. <laughs> and for you to go to the Gurukula, one has to have their samskara, their 11th samskara, which is called Upanayana. Upanayana. Nayana means eyes. Nayana means to lead. Your eyes lead you, yes? Upa means near. Your parents are to guide you from your comfortable home to a more comfortable ashram. And why I say more comfortable? Because you're to find quietude there, inside. So your parents guide you to a guru. And then the guru guides you to Bhagavan. During this samskara, a wise person in your life, it used to be your parents. Now, that's not always, ha not always happening. <laughs> A wise person in your life whispers in your ear. They tell you, get in line for food first because there's going to be a long line afterwards. <laughs> and you're so appreciative. And that's how the samskara ends. <laughs> they whisper in your ear, Gayatri Mantra. And there's a lot of profundity to why a wise person shares this because this is their own experience. 
this is not intellectual knowledge. This is what they've been living. They whisper in your ear, Gayatri Mantra, and tell you that during the Sandhyas of the day, you are to chant Gayatri Mantra. How many Sandhyas do we have? Show me with your hands. Whoa, a lot of diversity. Someone put seven, but then they changed to six. <laughs> we have three. <clears throat> morning, sorry, we'll call it night to morning. Noon, I don't know how to describe that. Uh, morning to afternoon. And then afternoon to evening. These are the three sandhyas. A sandhya is a period of the day where there's confusion for the eyes, for the nayana, correct? When we go from night to morning, your eyes have to adjust. When the moon is, when the sun is so bright, your eyes have to adjust. When it's bright and then dark, definitely your eyes have to adjust. So we chant Gayatri Mantra, not so that our eyes can be more clear, but our understanding can be more clear. So now let's, uh, Get into Gayatri Mantra proper. I'm going to chant. You can chant with me if you know this. It's uh, in your books for your reference. And I want you to read the mantra from page 91. I have an older book. Om Tatsavitur Vare Enyam Bhargo Devasya Dhimahi Gayatri is a mantra, it's also a meter. In Sanskrit, the meter is called chanda. And this is three lines, and each line has eight characters. So three times eight is 24. Now let's go through each word. That is referring to that, that which is high, higher, highest. Savitur is the sun. Savitur is a more common understanding is Savitri. Varenyam means adorable, worshipable, like the word Vamana. Vamana means the most lovely. So we are looking at the sun, correct? morning, noon, evening, and saying, son, you are the most powerful for me. But not just with my eyes, I go deeper. Bhargo devasya dhimahi. Bhargo is shining or rays. Devasya, the source of these rays is you. Deva, you are light. Dhimahi, I contemplate on this. See, it's no longer about seeing. It's about internalizing. Now, what do I want? Correct? We always have this palashruti. What is the point of this sadhana? Dhyo, my intellect. Yo naha, you our prachodayaat, which means illuminate, guide. The way that the sun guides my eyes. I want you. You is now beyond the physical sun. It is guru, it is God to guide our intellect. 
and I'm really appreciative of the word naha. Naha means our, like sahanao bhavatu. The reason for that is that millions and billions would be chanting Gayatri Mantra. This mantra is a sign of one evolving from being a searcher to being a seeker. A searcher is one who wants to be happy but doesn't know how to be happy. So they keep living in a random, chaotic way. When one is with a guru, when a guru is teaching this mantra, when one understands that there's more to life than just the sun, they become a seeker. They're also wanting to be happy and now they know where it is. They know that it is themselves. They are the source. To go from searcher to seeker, you're called a dvija. This is your second birth. Your first birth was a pretty traumatic experience <laughs> for you, for everyone involved. <laughs> People were crying, but it was more of exhaustion than happiness. <laughs> it's fairly traumatic, but it is this birth that is not traumatic. I don't know what to call it. Maybe it's dramatic in the sense that this is the end game of your reincarnation. We keep going through this game again and again and again. This is the end game. The sun, as if, is spirit. And matter, as if, is the world. The sun guides us with the world. The sun shows us where we should walk, where we should drive. Now we're internalizing this. The spirit is what brings any meaning to matter. The body, the mind, and so on. But do you feel that? Do you feel that there's two entities to who you are? We don't. We feel this is one entity. Most of it is the body. Even when we wash our hands, we're looking in the mirror. Who knows why? A lot of it is our mind. That sentence that just keeps going on and on and on and on. We don't know how to be quiet. And then we're told that there's a spirit. We're told that there's Atma. And we've just mixed all of this into one entity when in actuality, there are two entities. There is spirit and there is matter. There is Purusha and there is Prakriti. This mantra, this prayer, is to encourage, is to ignite Viveka. This is a Viveka mantra. When I have discrimination, prioritization in my life, I know that this world can only provide pleasure, possession, position. This is what I may want, but what I need is peace. This mantra helps us to develop clarity, conviction, confidence to live by the sun. 
The sun is values. The sun is knowledge. To shine like the sun. The more that we understand each word, the more we'll understand why we are alive. And this understanding is prachodayat. It's where my intellect starts shining more and more. My mind simply follows them. My mind merges with the intellect. There is a oneness. It's where Prince Arjuna surrenders to Bhagavan Krishna. Gayatri Mantra is not just for males. It is not just for Brahmanas. These are all wrong notions we have. Yesterday in our Vedanta and Media workshop, we focused on advocacy. <coughs> and I shared that our idea of advocacy is someone who wears an anonymous mask, someone who holds on up signs, and someone who's at airports and so on. An advocate is someone who stands up for a cause someone who's activated. Here too, now that I know how practical Gayatri Mantra is, and there's lots to share about this, I read in different places that Gayatri Mantra is the one mantra that's the essence of the entire Veda. The Veda that we know is more than 100,000 mantras. This is the essence of those 100,000 mantras. I'd read in other places that Gayatri Mantra is actually 24 names of Devi. Different facets of Devi. Devi as a protector. Devi as a provider. And so when you chant this mantra, all of these facets of Devi are invoked. This mantra is not to be taken lightly. This mantra is to be understood and practiced. Raise, reduce, redirect. All of this is accomplished by japa. With the japa, one certainly has their ishta mantra. Your ishta mantra can be Gayatri mantra. All ishta mantras also contain om. Even the Vedic mantras of tatomasi, we tend to at least feel om tatomasi, om aham brahmasmi. And in this chapter, the essence of all Ishta mantras is Gayatri Mantra. This mantra helps us evolve from being a searcher to being a seeker. We we're born for the last time, born into the arms of our Guru Shishya Parampara, who are born into the arms of Bhagavan. If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cmniagara. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmaya Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.